This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. That is 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Maybe a kind of ominous beginning to this episode. Uh, if most of you guys are uh, used to our episodes and used to kind of what we talk about normally. And if you got any hints from the title of today's episode, you shouldn't be too terribly surprised. But before we get into to today's content, which is very, very important. I want to talk about something that we're doing that is really, really awesome. We're doing a knife raffle. Okay. So as you guys know, uh, I'm big fans of Blaine and Sean Stevenson from Stevenson Knives down in Florida. And so this is kind of like knife week. So we got, you know, Josh Smith from Montana Knife Company on Tuesday. Now we got, uh, we're talking about this. These guys made me a custom knife that uh, that they did a while ago. I wanted an all black knife. Uh, I'm showing it here on the screen now. It's got the Undaunted Life logo. I don't know if you can see that right there, but this is like, you know, going to be a hunting knife that I'm going to use and, you know, definitely going to be a knife that I passed down. But those guys reached out to me at the end of last year and they're like, look, we love what you're doing. They're huge supporters of our show and what we're doing, but we want to help you raise some money. So what would you think if we made a knife specifically for your audience and you like raffled it off to help raise money for, you know, your operations and the stuff that you're trying to do? And I was like, yes, absolutely. That's great. But an awesome thing is the idea actually morphed from that initial idea because I was a little bit a little bit weird like about all the money kind of coming to us. You know, I wanted to see what we could do to support some other entity. So this is what we decided. So what me and Blaine and Sean Stevenson decided to do is we're going to raffle off a knife that I'm going to show you here in just a second. 50% of that is going to go to support the operations here at Undaunted Life. And then 50% of that is going to go to the local pregnancy resource center here in my town of Edmond, Oklahoma, the Hope Pregnancy Center. And so let me tell you a little bit about the Hope Pregnancy Center. When a woman has a, a crisis pregnancy of some kind in this area and they go online and do any Google search, it leads them to this facility where they will, you know, basically help them with health care. They're going to help them with financial support. They're going to give them, you know, baby formula and and basically everything they could need once the baby is here to take care of that baby. They minister to the men that get these girls pregnant. So it's not just the woman feeling like she's alone. They do ultrasounds, they do everything and they save lives literally every single day. And so I wanted to see what we could do to maybe support them. So let's talk about this knife. So I'm literally like unwrapping it from the bubble wrap. Okay, so this is called the Florida Hunter. And so this is there. I'm showing it on screen right now. But guys, this will be posted online on our Instagrams and every other place. But look at this thing. So this is the Florida Hunter Knife by Stevenson Knives. This normally retails for around $300. This is 52100 ball bearing steel. And then this handle right here is actually really, really cool. They call this their crazy fiber scales handle. And then obviously with every Stevenson knife, you get this amazing amazing, you know, custom made to the knife, handmade leather sheath. It's an absolutely, absolutely gorgeous knife. And the thing about it is, uh, we, we wanted to do a raffle. We wanted to kind of give it away. Like what's the way that we could give this away in like the coolest way, but also the most fair way possible. So we decided to do a raffle. And so this is how you can enter. So guys, this is very, very important. Any person 
okay, that donates $20 through the Undaunted Life donation website between now and February the 23rd, okay, that's the next three weeks, and puts the word, this is important, and puts the word knife in the comments section, will automatically have their name entered into a randomized drawing for the Stevenson Florida Hunter Knife, okay? So every $20 you donate equals one spot in the raffle. So if you donate 100 bucks, your name goes in the randomizer five times. If you donate 1,000 bucks, your name goes in the randomizer 50 times, you know, so on and so forth. But also, we've had a lot of supporters that have supported us for a very long time, so I want to take care of you guys as well. To all the current monthly donors, okay, so as of the recording of this podcast, if you are currently a monthly donor, regardless of how long you've done that or how much you've been donating, I'm going to go ahead and just put your name in the randomizer twice just as a thank you. So obviously to all the people that are monthly donors, we love you guys. But if y'all want to make an additional donation for the knife to support us and also the Hope Pregnancy Center here in Edmond, Oklahoma, you just need to, you know, donate for every $20. You'll get another, you know, you get your name added into the raffle every time that you add another $20. So I'll likely do a video of the drawing on Instagram or something like that the week of February the 23rd. And then I'll announce the winner on Instagram and then again on the show. But again, guys, the donation link is in the show notes. Most of you guys are familiar with that, or you can just go to undaunted.life backslash donate. So go to the show notes, wherever you're listening to this, or go to www.undaunted.life backslash donate. Don't forget to put the word knife in the comment section. And again, minimum of $20 donation, 50% goes to us, 50% goes to literally save lives. But I just wanted to give a big shout out and thank you very, very much to Sean and Blaine Stevenson from Stevenson Knives for doing this. You know, it's time to, to blow it out, boys. I mean, let, let's, let's make this work out. And they are in the show notes as well. So if you guys want to check out some of the stuff on their website, they're not an enormous operation, but they make some of the best knives that you will find here in this country. And again, guys, if you haven't left a review for the show, please do so. And if you haven't checked out Origin Gear, that is in the show notes as well. Now, we need to get into the business end of today. We're not doing any quick hitters. And the reason is, is because I want this episode to stand alone. Okay. Uh, I may do another solo episode, another standalone episode, because there's something else that I really, really wanted to talk about. But this has been, you know, on my mind for the last week or so. And, you know, it's time to talk about it. And so obviously, if you're reading the title of this episode, it's called Andy Stanley is a Heretic. Okay. So stick with me and I'll explain to you why. And bear with me today. Because in order to get where we we are today, you know, where we're, what we're talking about, we need to do a quite a bit of foundational work. Okay. So I need to really set the stage for you. And also there's an upcoming, the forging table episode where Andy Stanley comes up, but that particular episode, and I can't remember when it's coming. It could be this Sunday. It could be three or four Sundays from now. I literally can't remember when we talked about it, but this that forging table episode was recorded way before this latest controversy was stirred up just last week. So when you hear us talking about him in the future episode, just note that because we didn't have all this information. So if you're not familiar with who Andy Stanley is, I guess I should kind of bring you up to speed on that. So he is the senior pastor of North Point Community Church. That is a non-denominational church in the Atlanta area. He's the son of Dr. Charles Stanley. So Dr. Charles Stanley was a giant in the televangelism world and the radio world. And I think he still does some of that. He's the senior pastor of First First Baptist Church in Atlanta. I think he's still that. He founded In Touch Ministries. He's twice been the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, so heavyweight. Andy was a student minister at his dad's church for a while. He wanted to attract a different kind of audience, different type of crowd than First Baptist, so he founded North Point Community Church in 1995. He wanted to have the church 
have it be a church that unchurched people would love to attend. Okay. So it exploded to like over 30,000 weekly attendees. And it did that pretty quickly. And it's consistently like in the top two, maybe top three biggest churches in America. I think it's behind, you know, Joel Osteen's church and sometimes life churches in there, but consistently in the top three. And he was invited to do the national prayer breakfast for, uh, you know, President Obama back in 2009. He's been named uh, to list like the most influential living pastor, the most effective preachers. He's authored a ton of books. His book, Deep and Wide, was actually on our book list for several years. He's childhood best friends with Louis Giglio from Passion Church. You know, the truncated versions of his sermons used to be, and I think they may still be, on Netflix. But this also gives you a little bit of an insight into how his brain works. Acts 15, 19 is framed and on his office wall. And this was spoken by James, the, the half-brother of Jesus. It's, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Okay. So in terms of my history with Andy Stanley, I was not aware of Andy Stanley until he came and did a guest sermon spot at Life Church over 10 years ago. Okay. So I was attending Life Church, you know, this Craig Rochelle's church here in Oklahoma. And he came and did this this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's this guy's awesome. He's very pragmatic and he's very engaging and he's making these great points and he's very intellectual, at least I thought at the time. And so I started listening to his stuff and reading his books. And for years and years and years, I listened to his content. I took notes on his sermons and I even kind of daydreamed about, man, if I lived in the Atlanta area, I would love to, to go to his church. And so I consumed his stuff. He was literally one of the main voices that I was taking in as I was kind of growing in my Christian walk. And again, at different points, I wasn't really reading my Bible, wasn't really spending that much time on, on my Christian walk, but he was a big part of that for a very, very long time. And then around four years ago, there was the unhitch controversy that I'm sure many of you are aware of. And I actually covered this on a very early episode of this podcast, episode 23. It's called Andy Stanley, a heretic question mark, or it was Andy Stanley, the heretic. So I'll put that in the show notes. If you guys want to go all the way back to episode 23, when I still didn't even know how microphones worked, but that whole kerfluffle stemmed from one line in his sermon entitled not difficult. Okay. And this was the line, Peter, James, Paul elected to unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish scriptures. We must as well. Okay. So unhitching the old Testament from the new Testament. Okay. Now the, that sermon, you know, not difficult was part of a three part series entitled not difficult. Okay. Or that I've got the names all mixed up, but it was a three part series. And this was like the last one of that series. It's in the show notes. You guys can check it out. But the entire series focused on what the, the, I guess, foundation of the first century church was, and that was the resurrection, not the scripture, according to Andy Stanley. And, you know, because essentially the biblical corpus had not yet been fully written or compiled at this time, obviously the big quote from part one of that series was this, because again, I, I was listening to all these at the time. Here's the quote. If you gave up on Christianity because of something in the Bible or something about the Bible, something that was actually in the Bible or something that you heard or read about the Bible, you may have given up on Christianity unnecessarily. So I want you to make sure that you remember that quote and kind of how he talks about the word of God as we continue to unpack this. Now, the big quote from part two of that series, again, this is before the, like the, the major controversy. This is speaking about Paul, quote, he immediately let go of God's temporary and conditional covenant with Israel to embrace God's permanent and unconditional covenant with the human race. New covenant values and imperatives stand in sharp contrast to the values and imperatives of the old covenant. Okay, so keep that in mind as well. And then again, in part three, Stanley summarizes his thesis of the three-part series. And this actually could also, I guess, be the summary for the book that he released after the sermon series called Irresistible, Reclaiming the New that Jesus Unleashed for the World. So here's the quote. 
Many have lost faith, lost faith because of something about the Bible or in the Bible, the Old Testament in particular. Once they could no longer accept all of the historicity of the Old Testament, once they couldn't go along with all the miracles, once somebody poked a hole in the Genesis creation myth, once all that went away, suddenly their house of cards came tumbling down because they were taught that it's all true. It's all God's word. And if you find one part that's not true, uh-oh, the whole thing comes tumbling down. Not Christianity. The Bible did not create Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus created and launched Christianity. Your whole house of Old Testament cards can come tumbling down. The question is, did Jesus rise from the dead? And the eyewitnesses said he did. Okay. Now we need to go back to the quote that really defined the controversy, but I'm going to read, you know, the entire quote from that sermon. Peter, James, and Paul elected to unhitch the Christian faith from the Jewish scriptures. And my friends, we must as well. And I'll tell you why. It's actually the same reason they did, because we must not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. They didn't. We shouldn't either. The faith of the next generation may depend on our willingness and our ability to get this right. Okay? So, that caused a whole bunch of, you know, craziness. Uh, you know, that wasn't the first time that he said anything like that. I think that same year during his Easter service, he said some similar things to that. But also the summer of 2016, okay, there was a series that he did called Who Needs God? And in week three of that, it's called The Bible Told Me So. So I want to read a quote specifically from that. And the reason why I'm not showing the clips is because I don't really have permission or access to all of these clips and I don't want them to be taken down later. So the clips I do show today, I, I know I can use, but some of these I don't know. So here's the quote from that sermon series. Many of you were brought up to believe this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This is where our trouble began. Because the implication is, and this is important, the implication is, the Bible is the reason we believe. In other words, I can believe Jesus loves me because it's in the Bible. I grew up in a church where basically the byline, the subtitle of everything was, if the Bible says it, that settles it. And so we need kids, or we send off, uh, send kids off to college with a, if the Bible says it, that settles it. And all of a sudden they realize, oh my goodness, that didn't settle it. The problem with that is, if the Bible is the foundation of our faith, as the Bible goes, so goes our faith. Christianity cannot survive if somehow every single part of the Bible isn't absolutely true if the Bible is the foundation of our faith. Okay? So, in light of all that, the unhitched controversy absolutely exploded. He was accused of being a modern-day uh, Marcion, you know, a la Marcionism, which is essentially, you know, not thinking that the Old Testament was authoritative for Christians. He was accused of being a Gnostic, so Gnosticism, you know, being a heretical, anti-Christian, anti-biblical worldview. He was accused of being a relativist. You know, people warned that the unhitched action could eventually be performed on any parts of Scripture that you individually don't like. And in episode 23 of this podcast, I actually defended Andy Stanley, and I tried to qualify his statements for him, even though he only continued to double down on his original sen original sentiment. So I was defending a guy that wasn't technically defending himself. And then there was the debate with Jeff Durbin of Apologia Church, obviously big-time Calvinist reform guy, on Unbelievable with Justin Brierley. Okay, so this is something that I did a big breakdown on episode 82 of this podcast. It's called Andy Stanley versus Jeff Durbin, so you guys can check out uh, episode number 82. But Stanley's thesis in this debate was the Bible is not the foundation of Christianity. The resurrection is. It's not a difference in theology. It's a difference in approach. Thus, we need to come closer to the resurrection. So that's his thesis. But then Jeff Durbin's thesis in this argument, in this debate, is the Bible is the foundation of Christianity. Our theology will lead us to practice and methodology, thus we need to come closer to the Word of God. So when you break it down and break down that debate, and again, you can go back to my episode, who most people thought, one, if you were a pragmatic, 
business-minded, logic-first person, you thought Stanley won. But if you were a deep-thinking, theologically-focused, you know, sola scriptura person, you thought Jeff Durbin won. And, you know, in terms of who I thought won, I thought that Jeff Durbin smashed Andy Stanley in this. He had a couple of even mic drop moments, and Andy Stanley was getting visibly upset, and you could even hear it in his voice, he was getting upset. But when Andy Stanley seems to get upset, it's almost this narcissistic, like, I'm better than this person, I'm smarter than you, like, how are you not understanding this? But Jeff Durbin just very, very calmly kept going back to the scripture, going back to the scripture, going back to the scripture, not really depending on his own philosophical arguments, okay? So... From that time on, you know, I, I wasn't really following Andy Stanley and it wasn't really necessarily because of all that, but I was like, okay, this is very concerning, but I'd kind of moved on to some other people and started, you know, doing my own podcast. And so, you know, I just kind of, for the last several years, certainly I haven't really paid any attention to Andy Stanley, but then all of a sudden last week he goes viral and he's been basically the focus of my attention for the last week or so. So a clip started making the rounds and it was just a couple of minutes from a talk that he gave in May of last year. So May of 2022 at his church's drive conference. Okay. So this is the interesting thing about this particular talk that he did. Cause again, this is just a two minute clip and it's like, Oh, it's taken out of context. That entire sermon has been deleted from the conference app and the website, which is really odd. Because every other sermon that Andy Stanley delivered and everybody else, uh, presumably, it's all still up on the website. But if you go to the app or the website and you click on the link, this entire you know talk is gone for some reason. Okay. Now I'm going to put the full 11 minute clip uh, about this entire thing in the show notes, uh, but it's much of the same sentiment. But here is the clip that went around the world and went viral. So here's the two minutes here. Figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you, where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women Women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church. Oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. So again, this is a conference that people paid money to go to, and that two-minute clip is in the show notes, and then the full 11-minute clip that I found is also in the show notes. So my reaction to that 
you know, even re-listening to it just now gets, gets me all fired up, but I'll, I'll try to calm down so I can make my points here. It's egregiously dismissive of the word of God. I mean, I mean, just go back to his quote. You know, I know 1 Corinthians 6, and I know Leviticus, and I know Romans 1, and I know the verses, I know the clobber passages. The clobber passages? So he's obviously making the point like, oh yeah, these are the scriptures that people use to beat up on gay people. But is it beating up on them to point to their sin and say, hey, this could send you to hell. You probably shouldn't do that. You need to repent. You need to depend on Jesus and really orient your life behind his dictates and moral order. Clobber passages. And then let's actually go through those passages because he mentioned them and didn't cite them. So I'll cite them for you. 1 Corinthians 6, he's talking about verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And then in Leviticus, we're looking at 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And then again in uh, Leviticus 20.13, if a man lies with a man as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. And then he talks about Romans 1. We're looking at, you know, verses 26, 27, and 32. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, verse 32. Though they know God's righteous or they, they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Remember that one. But I'll go ahead and add a couple uh, to this clobber passage category. Let's go to the words of Jesus, even though, again, there's no difference between the red letters of the Bible and the black letters of the Bible, as, you know, Vody Bachum taught me. If you believe in the triune God, all the letters are red letters because Jesus is part of the Godhead. But let's go to Matthew 15, 19. These are the words of Jesus. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. So you might think to yourself, well, he didn't mention homosexuality there, but he said sexual immorality. Now he would have said it in, you know, ancient Aramaic. It would have been recorded in Greek. And the Greek word that was used for sexual immorality was pornea or pornea. Now, what the first century hearer or reader of that would know is that Jesus is talking about all sexual immorality. So that would be homosexuality. That would be sex outside of wedlock. That would be, you know, sex with animals. That would be sex with children. All of that. All of those things would be in that same category. And then we got 1 Corinthians 6.18. Flee from sexual immorality. Same word, pornea. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. The reason why I included this from Paul is because I've talked to Christians that I know very, very well that are like, yeah, I don't know why people make such a big deal out of, you know, homosexuality. It's, it's just sin. It's just like lying. It's just like cheating on your taxes. But no, it's not. We see from God's word in scripture via this letter from Paul to the church in Corinth that this is a single sin that is fundamentally different than every other sin. Because what, uh, what that relativist would say is that, yeah, you know, all sins are, are, you know, they're basically the same, right? You know, they're, they're, they're fundamentally the same and they're superficially different is a way to say it. 
but they're superficially the same and fundamentally different as it pertains to sexual immorality, which includes homosexuality. Okay. So what, what Andy Stanley is doing here is he's essentially LGBTQ affirming. Now, when people have said that on you know Twitter or wherever else this week, it's like, no, he never said that. And, you know, just go back to the clip and he never actually says that. But the public reaction has been very, very interesting because Bible believing Christians like me are absolutely appalled that he would say these things. But all the progressive woke, you know, uh, you know, go along to get along Christians like let's not make anybody mad. Let's be known for what we're for, not what we're against Christians. They loved this clip. Seriously, just type Andy Stanley into the search bar on Twitter and every person with, you know, pronouns in their bio that also claims to be a Christian, they love it. They're using this as an example. This is what everybody in evangelicalism and Christianity writ large should do. Okay. Now, when this came up, I was like, all right, I haven't been paying attention to Andy Stanley for the last several years. I'd kind of moved on to other people, but now I need to dig in. What has he been saying since all the unhitched controversy stuff? Okay. So, as I was doing this research, and uh, thanks to Ryan on our team that helped me do some of this research, research as well, that is the same Ryan from The Forging Table, but from his sermon series called Christian, in part five, that's called When Gracie Met Truthy, okay? So there's a seven-minute video that I can't put here because I don't have permission, but it will be in the show notes. You should listen to this, okay? Because in that sermon, he does like a seven-minute story about a husband leaving his wife and child or children to be with another man, okay? But then through the description of this story, right, the other man in this story was actually married to a woman as well. But the initial guy had divorced his wife and child so that he can seek out a homosexual relationship with this man. But that other man was still married to a woman. He wasn't divorced yet. Now, the shocking thing about this story that he told, uh, you know, it wasn't just the convoluted affairs that were involved. That would have been enough. It was two things that, that really stood out to me now that I've watched it through new eyes. He only seems saddened by the fact that the gay couple left one of his churches, okay, because they were volunteers and then, you know, they kind of had a discussion and then they left because they didn't feel welcome. Again, go, go watch it. It's seven minutes, you know, go watch it. But then the second thing is, as Andy Stanley never once decries the sin of homosexuality as he's describing the story, never once. He decries the fact that one of the gay men wasn't divorced yet, meaning he's an adulterer, but he never talks about homosexuality ever. Unless like he's just describing these homosexual men, but he never talks about the sin of homosexuality. Now, the funny thing is, is I was following Andy Stanley at this time. I remember loving this Christian series. It was like six or seven, you know, episodes or whatever. Okay. But I didn't catch the craziness of this story at the time that I watched it, which, you know, just kind of goes, you know, a little bit more into kind of how I've evolved and how I've adjusted and how I've become closer to the word and how I notice these things that, you know, however long ago, whenever he did that, I just didn't notice. But also let's keep going down the list of things that I, you know, found this week. He sent a tweet out March 6th of last year, I believe, which has since been deleted, which said this, this is his words. Andy Stanley tweeted this. The Christian faith doesn't rise and fall on the accuracy of 66 ancient documents. It rises and falls on the identity of a single individual, Jesus of Nazareth. So being fairly dismissive of the Bible, again, he deleted this and he didn't delete it for no reason. Then I found a quote from a sermon of his and it said this, when you anchor the authority of your teaching to the Bible, you reinforce an assumption that has the potential to weaken rather than establish your faith. I actually have a screenshot of that. Like someone at sitting at his church in like the seventh row, take a picture of this behind him. 
And it's so grainy, like it's, it's definitely not Photoshopped. Again, let me read that quote again. When you anchor the authority of your teaching to the Bible, you reinforce an assumption that has the potential to weaken rather than establish faith. So he's, he's going right at the authority of Scripture there. And then as I was looking through this, I see this thread, a seething thread from Pastor Ryan Visconti from Generation Church in Arizona. He's actually a podcast alum. He came on here on episode 232 and 238. Now, guys, the entire thread is in the show notes, so I'm just going to go through the first part of it. So let, let me just read this part of his thread. On September 19, 2019, I was invited to a private dinner with about 15 pastors at a local church in Gilbert, Arizona to participate in a Q&A with Andy Stanley after he finished speaking at a conference. The subject of homosexuality came up, and over the next one and a half hours, Andy shared overtly heretical views that clearly contradict what the Word of God says. I was shocked to find myself arguing with Andy Stanley along with the other pastors despite our respect for him. Andy Stanley said homosexuality is, quote, really a disability, unquote, using the analogy that, quote, Telling gay people that they have to stop being gay to follow Christ is like taking a wheelchair away from a guy who can't walk, unquote. Andy Stanley also said, quote, I don't do gay weddings, but I can't say I would never do a gay wedding. If my granddaughter asked me someday, maybe I would, unquote. Worst of all, Andy Stanley said this, quote, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. Unquote. Andy Stanley also said, quote, I believe in gay people. Some people are gay. They can't change, unquote, which is directly contradicting 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. He said, quote, I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have. Maybe I'm wrong, unquote. Yes, he is. So that's the thread again. The entire thread from him is down there. And then literally this morning, okay, literally this morning, I was made aware of this. And this is just going to slam home everything I'm about to go through here in a minute. This is according to Dissenter. Again, the link to the article will be in the show notes. The, the name of the article is Andy Stanley's Church Has Open Lesbian on Staff Leading LGBTQ Ministry. So I'm going to read directly from the article here. In the midst of all that has been uncovering, or all that has been the uncovering of a much deeper issue at Stanley's North Point Church, not only has Stanley taken a soft and unbiblical approach to sin, but it's now been discovered that Stanley has an openly identifying lesbian on staff at his church who leads the church's LGBTQ ministry. Earlier this month, Q Christian Fellowship held a conference for openly queer people who claim to be Christians along with their parents and allies to aff affirm their aberrant sexuality and tell them that God is indifferent to their sin. According to the conference schedule, one of the speakers at the conference was a staff member from North Point, North Point named Amy Blakesley. On the conference schedule biography, Blakesley claims to work on North Point staff as part of the care staff and describes herself as gay and as a proud parent of an adult child who also identifies as gay. Below is her bio. Hello, my name is Amy. I identify as gay. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a proud parent of three adult kids, one of whom also identifies as gay. Over the past 10 years, I've had the privilege of meeting with hundreds of parents of LGBTQ plus children throughout my or through my position on the care staff at North Point Community Church. As more and more parents reached out to the church for support, I began meeting with them in their homes. 
Parent Connect was birthed, one of the first church-based ministries in the nation created specifically for Christian parents of LGBTQ plus kids. Thankfully, Parent Connect paved the way for many other churches to begin ministries for parents of LGBTQ plus kids, where the focus is on helping parents to love their LGBTQ kids, LGBTQ plus kids well. Currently, I am a full-time graduate student studying clinical mental health counseling. As a future counselor, I hope to continue to support LGBTQ plus individuals and their families. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and enjoy not exercising, drinking coffee, diet Mountain Dew, and living an authentic life. Good grief. How how narcissistic. Just to end with that, I, did, I missed that the first time, in living an authentic life. What a tool. But when, when you dig a little bit further, you also found that Blakesley is also involved with the Reformation Project, a completely apostate and totally queer-affirming, quote-unquote, ministry founded by the infamous gay Christian apologist Matthew Vines. Okay? So I saw that. My head starts spinning, and it's like, I shouldn't be shocked, but I still am shocked. And if that weren't enough, Protestia, which is a website and they have a Twitter account, they uncovered this video, which they posted on their Twitter account in this clip that I'm about to show for you. For those that are just listening, it's an interaction between Debbie Causey, who is the director of North Point Care Ministries, the same thing that this Blakesley person kind of works with. She's the director of that at Stanley's Church. And Greg Johnson, who is a North Point ministry leader in, in seemingly his life, or his, his wife, rather. So just listen to this interaction. It's about two minutes. Parents want to know, how, how can I find a safe counselor um, who can help my child or who can help me, who can help my family? Um, right. That's... So I don't get to do as much counseling as I used to because of the, there's at least 11 ministries at North Point that are under care. And so um, we do a lot of one-time appointments where we're assessing, but we do refer people to safe counselors when it comes to this subject. I think there's, uh, what is it called, Greg? Um, The closet. Christian closet. closet. Yeah, closet. They are a great group um, and they do it over. um, They do it virtually. So you don't have to live in the Atlanta area. I do have a list of counselors in the Atlanta area that we will refer to if the person is in the Atlanta area. And so, you know, feel free to email me at Debbie.Causey at northpoint.org if you are in the Atlanta area and you are looking for a, a safe counselor. But yeah, I would probably turn to um, the Christian closet um, if you're not. Um, and they are known to be fairly safe when it comes to this. My name is Candace Zubrana and I am the founder of the Christian closet. Uh, what is the Christian closet? Uh, probably a lot of you hopefully have already heard of us, uh, but we are a team of uh, LGBTQ counselors and coaches, and we do online therapy and coaching and spiritual direction. Um, and I would say probably all of us are sort of living our dream job when we get to meet with all of you. Um, I know for me, being gay and Christian was such a huge part of my own journey. And so um, we get to journey with folks online from all over the world um, around themes of coming out and being uh, the intersections of queer and Christian. Uh, so I didn't set that clip up perfectly. The, the last part of that clip, because again, they're talking about Christian closet. It actually goes to another Zoom meeting where this person from Christian Closet, and you can hear her talk about what it is. It's this gay affirming, LGBTQ plus affirming, supposedly Christian organization. And it looked like there was like three or four or five other people in the video. And they are uh, essentially being part of a training for all this. So in light of everything I just went through, okay, 
We've got Andy Stanley, who is completely dismissive of God's word and is essentially 100% LGBTQ affirming, even though apparently he's too cowardly to just come out and say that. But when you have people on staff that are being paid, presumably by your tithes to all you people that go to that church, right? When you tithe or donate to that ministry, you're helping pay the salary of somebody that is trying to convince people that, that are gay or whatever, that that's okay. That that's just the way that God made you and he loves you anyway, right? You know, you don't need to change at all, right? You know, uh, Jesus or whatever, like you're just fine. So why all this is so dangerous, there's a lot of reasons why, why all this is so dangerous and concerning. The first thing is that Andy Stanley leads one of the largest churches in America. I think as of right now, it's the second largest church in America. He has a lot of influence, literally over tens of thousands of people that go to his church and then the millions of people that pay attention to him. And Andy Stanley as well influences tens of thousands of pastors, minimum, worldwide. It's hard to get an exact number of, of the pastors that are listening to Andy Stanley's sermons, but he's, he's influencing all of them with his chosen theology, right? And also, his success has caused people to stop checking him. And you, you guys know how this is. Like whenever you've been around somebody that's maybe really successful in business or really successful athlete, or maybe they're an influencer or something like that. And then they say something that is wrong, like completely wrong, or they've lied about something and you don't call them out because they're so successful because he's been so successful for so long that has caused people to really to stop like checking on him or checking him when he says something crazy. And also why this is so dangerous and concerning. My last point here is he seemingly has a growing distaste for the word of God. It's not like, you know, he started thinking, yeah, you know, the Bible's probably not that accurate. You know, we don't need to, you know, deal with these 66 books and make sure they're, they're all correct and all those different things. Over time, his comments are becoming more and more dismissive of the word of God. Again, one thing that I've tried to tell people that I'm trying to do is I don't, I don't say the Bible says anymore. I say God says through his word. That's what I'm trying to change my brain to be like, because it's not the Bible says, it's God says, because that is his word, right? And there's, there's ultimately this terrible formula at play here. It's, you know, attractive personality plus wildly gifted communicator plus large audience plus church success plus commercial success plus no biblical accountability plus you not reading your Bible plus them not teaching the Bible equals almost certain disaster. Okay. There's just this witch's brew of nonsense that is leading to a disastrous outcome for the earthly kingdom of God, okay? But all this leads to a big question here. Is it fair to call Andy Stanley a heretic? Because again, whenever I talked about that, you know, on episode, what was it, 23 and 82 or whatever, I stopped short of saying that he was a heretic. But for those of you that maybe aren't even familiar with, with that label, there's actually a definition from the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language. It's this, this is what a heretic is. Specifically in theology, a professed believer who adopts and persistently maintains religious opinions contrary to the accepted standards of his church. Okay. Now some people are like, oh, you can't be a heretic unless it's Catholic. No, no, no. This expands to all of Christendom. Okay. Which leads to another question. Is Andy Stanley a heretic or is he just saying heretical things? Okay. Now the reason I bring that up is because I think I've said on the show before, I certainly maintain this opinion, but you know, when people talk about racism, like, are you a racist if you say or do something that is racist? So, so as an example, let's say you tell a racist joke, right? Where the, the punchline of the joke is uh, categorizing people based on their immutable characteristic of how much melanin they have in their skin. Okay. That is a racist joke. 
does that make you a racist? Because I would say no. Laughing at a racist joke or saying a racist joke, again, I don't think that that's an edifying thing. I don't think God would want you to do those things. Again, James 2, we should have no partiality whatsoever, but I don't think that makes you a racist. I don't think if you laugh at a racist joke that you should be branded for the rest of your life as a racist. Being a racist is a decision that you've made in your heart to see people that don't look like you of any color, and you can be any color, and looking at them and judging them harshly just based on their immutable characteristic of the level of melanin in their skin. That's what racism is. So when a, when a black person looks at an Asian person and says, oh, man, you know, this Asian or whatever, that's a racist thing when they dismiss somebody. When a white person does that with a Latino person or whatever connection of races that you can make, that's what you're communicating is that in your heart, you believe that you are better than them because of an immutable characteristic that you have that they don't. That's racism, okay? But in this instance, I do not think that you can separate the teachings and embracing of heresy and the person doing the teaching. Because these things that Andy Stanley thinks that he has formulated into thoughts that he has shared with the world through spoken word and written word, that is what he believes. These are heretical, anti-biblical, abiblical viewpoints. Okay? They come from the pits of hell. And he keeps maintaining those viewpoints and doubling down on them. So, to answer the question, is it fair to call Andy Stanley a heretic? Yes, and I will do so, and I will continue to do so unless he changes. More on that in a second. But there's also a big question that you have to ask yourself here. Where can Andy Stanley go from here? So, my guess is further down the path of heresy. Because, guys, there are no signs that he intends to repent and turn around from the stuff that he's teaching and saying. Again, he's literally doubling down every chance he gets. He does a sermon series, says we should unhitch the Old Testament from the New Testament. This big, you know, craziness pops up. He does a bunch of interviews and then he writes a book, best-selling book, Irresistible, that people read and they're like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Because again, he's pragmatic and he's got a, he's very, very smart. He's literally one of the most gifted communicators in all in Christendom. Christendom. That's why he's so effective and that's why this is so dangerous. Now, my prediction, now I hope this is wrong. I, I literally don't want this to be true. I think that he will eventually, probably in the next few years, come out explicitly as LGBTQ affirming, because again, he's kind of been really cagey about it, right? But I think he's going to explicitly come out and do a sermon or a sermon series being full-on affirming. I think that's just about guaranteed at this point. But my deeper prediction is that eventually he'll deconstruct. So for those of you that aren't familiar with that, that is where someone who is a prominent Christian, typically a prominent Christian, they deconstruct their faith and then they lose it. He may go full deconstruction. Again, I hope that he doesn't do that, but this is where this path leads. When you talk to people that have deconstructed their Christian faith, a lot of it started with LGBTQ plus stuff. Well, but I love my gay friends. And then all of a sudden they don't believe in God anymore. They don't believe in the sufficiency of the blood of Jesus, right? Or abortion or some other typically left wing viewpoint on a particular issue that we see in society. Okay. Now, before I wrap up on Andy Stanley, I want you to stick with me. Okay. This is a sidebar and a side note. And this isn't me just like throwing stones. I'm just making you guys aware because this is something that was just like clinging around in my brain. So I've got to get it out there to you guys. Okay. Everyone that listens to this show or that's going to watch this later or share it around that likes or is a fan of Craig Rochelle of Life Church needs to heed this warning I'm about to give you. Please do not put your faith in Craig Rochelle or his church. And for that matter, 
And I've said this a lot before. Please listen to me. Don't put your faith in any senior pastor at any church. So if you're a Craig Rochelle guy, or you're a TD Jakes guy, or you're a John MacArthur guy, or you're a Matt Chandler guy, or if you're a Joby Martin guy, or if you're a whoever guy, do not put your faith in people. Because I'm, I didn't list those people because I think they're going to do something crazy, but all of them are certainly capable of it because all of us are capable of doing, saying, and acting out in horrifically destructive, sinful ways. So if you put your faith in a senior pastor or a teaching pastor or a church or a ministry, look at Ravi Zacharias. RZIM doesn't exist anymore. Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. The entire thing folded because of him, right? Because he was a sexual deviant. And so many people put their faith in RZIM and in Ravi Zacharias. If you put your faith in anyone or anything other than Christ, you will be found wanting at some point. But back to my point here. Specifically, I want to talk about Craig Rochelle and Life Church. Okay. Uh, you probably heard this, you know, this quote before. This is from a, you know, entrepreneur, author, motivational speaker, guy named Jim Rohn. So he once said, You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Okay. So essentially, the, the message is who you associate with says a lot about you and who you are. So I want to take you through a list of some of the men that Craig Rochelle has lent his pulpit to. Okay. Again, I attended Craig Rochelle's church for like 11 or 12 years, and I saw all these people speak at his church. First, Bill Hybels of Willow Creek Community Church, who I know, know for a fact was a personal mentor to Craig, or at least still is. He was credibly accused of sexual assault, and he essentially was forced to resign from his job as senior pastor at his church that he founded. Brian Houston, founder of Hillsong Church, he covered up child sexual assault by his own father. Essentially, he was forced to resign from his job as senior pastor for a church that he founded, and he could end up going to jail for what he did. He's currently you know, going through trial at the beginning part of this year. Then we've got Carl Lentz, Hillsong, New York City. He cheated on his wife with multiple women, amongst other moral failings, and he was fired as lead pastor of Hillsong NYC. Stephen Furtick, founder of Elevation Church. Apparently, he's super close with Craig, or at least was at one time, but I, I think they're still super tight. He preached multiple, he has preached multiple heretical things and could easily be categorized as a false teacher. Andy Stanley, founder of North Point Community Church, as we've discussed at length on this episode, guilty of preaching heretical things and could easily be categorized as a false teacher. And here's the thing, the reason why I bring up all those guys that I know of, and there's certainly more, but those are the ones I wanted to highlight. If it would shock you to hear that Craig Rochelle is guilty of something heinous or goes full woke heretical pastor at some point in the future, or uh, does something that, that is a moral failing that would basically say, you, you know, you could no longer have this job as senior pastor. If that would shock you, you're a fool and a sheep. And again, this isn't me just throwing stones at Craig Rochelle just for fun. I don't know him to have any moral failings as a person. And I'm certainly not saying that's going to happen. There's nothing in me that would ever want such a thing to happen for him to have some sort of moral failing or some sort of horribly egregious thing. But it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I mean, look at the people he has shared his pulpit with. Is somehow Craig Rochelle fundamentally different from those other men? He might be. He certainly might be. But until we knew all the depraved things that those other men did, we just thought he was just a normal, great, you know, speaker. Great, you know, great guy, great church leader, great, you know, expositor of the, well, not really expositor, but, you know, a great preacher of the word or, you know, great life lesson guy or, you know, good guy in business. And look at this big church. Again, Craig Rochelle is very similar in terms of his, you know, public Christian profile 
to all of those men that have now been bounced out of ministry because of the heinous things that they did. So again, I'm not just throwing stones at Craig Rochelle for no reason. I don't think he's going to do any of those things. And I'm certainly praying that he never does anything crazy. But if it would surprise you and shock you, man, you really need to get your head out of the sand. But let's get back to Andy Stanley. So what are we to do about Andy Stanley? The, the people listening to this podcast right now. Well, I'll give you a few reasons or a few things that you can do rather. Number one, we must judge him. We must judge him fairly, but firmly. So I want to take you to 1 Corinthians 5, 12 through 13. For what I have, or for what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. So when you get this, we shouldn't judge people crowd, and you're, you're acting like a Pharisee, and you're just throwing stones for no reason crowd. We are given this biblical dictate via God, via Paul, writing to the first century church in Corinth, that we are to judge people that are inside the church. Fairly, but firmly. We are to do that. So we must judge him as followers of Christ that are part of God's macro church here. The second thing we are to do with Andy Stanley is we must call him out. We must. That's why I'm doing this show. We're close to an hour in of me calling out Andy Stanley publicly. Go back to Galatians 2, verses 11 through 14. You know, I'm not going to read it here, but we did an entire The Forging episode uh, on Galatians 2 where we go into that. That's where Paul rebuked Peter in public for everyone to see, okay? He called him out because he was being sinful and he was leading people down a destructive path. We must do the same. We also must pray that Andy Stanley repents. We have to pray that he repents of this. And repenting is not saying, oh God, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? It's literally turning away from your sin. 180 degrees, turning away from your sin. So let's read 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But they need to pray, seek his face, and turn or repent from their wicked ways. Also, Acts 3.19. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Because guys, if he doesn't repent, then we should hope that he has some sort of moral failing or something else that basically says you're disqualified from vocational ministry. I know that's kind of weird. Like, you know, I just got through saying with Craig, I hope that doesn't happen. But if Andy Stanley keeps going down this path, we need to root for something that will get him out of ministry. No, that doesn't mean he gets beat up or that he gets killed or no, I'm not advocating for violence against Andy Stanley. To repeat, I'm not advocating for violence against Andy Stanley, but we should hope that he will no longer have the platform that he has used to become a destructive force in Christendom. We should hope for that. Some sort of moral failing or some sort of whatever, he just decides to retire. We should hope for that. And the fourth thing in terms of Andy Stanley is until or unless he does repent, I call on everyone that attends North Point Community Church, which is, you know, the headship or the, you know, flagship church, I guess, and any of their separate campuses. So that's Brownsbridge Church, Buckhead Church, Decatur City Church, East Cobb Church, Gwinnett Church, Hamilton Mill Church, or Woodstock City Church, or any of their network churches that pipe in his sermons and or, you know, sits under his leadership and guidance to leave those churches immediately and make sure you let the church know why. So. 
I, I posted something about Andy Stanley last week on Instagram and I get an email from a guy that goes to one of these network churches and he's like, man, you know, my wife and I, you know, we made great friends here and this is like our community. This is our tribe, but you know, our, our church just uses Andy Stanley's sermons and we sit under his leadership and obviously he's saying these crazy things and he just went viral this week. You know, what am I to do? Like, should I just quietly leave or blah, blah. And my advice to him, when I responded to him, I was like, no, you should leave loudly. Let everyone in your small group know why you and your wife are leaving the church and try to bring them with you. Now, they may not really care, and maybe they're not really serious about their Christian walk, and maybe they're not really Christians. Maybe they don't understand what heresy is. Maybe it's just like, oh, he's just, you know, giving, you know, good life advice. Like, what's the big deal? But at the end of the day, his responsibility is to him and his wife and, you know, the catechizing of his entire family. And so I was like, you need to leave that church and go to a church where there's an expository preacher that goes line by line through the Bible and doesn't just add a bunch of life lesson stuff. Again, that's why I was attracted to Andy Stanley back in the day and his teaching, because it was so practical. And so applicable to, you know, (coughs) excuse me, it was so applicable to kind of everything in in my life that I was going through at that time, right? But if you're going to one of those churches right now, if he's not going to repent for this, you have to get out because it will not get better. You think he's just going to stop with LGBTQ plus affirming? You think he's just going to all of a sudden fall in love with the Bible again? I certainly hope so. I pray that that happens. But you cannot torpedo your family. Because Andy Stanley is trying to be, you know, as, you know, uh, widely available and popular with an audience of people that hate him, right? I'm talking about non-Christians and secularists. They may wink and nod at the stuff that you're saying, but ultimately they are of a different worldview than you. They hate you, but he doesn't really understand that. And the last thing that we need to really think about and do in terms of this Andy Stanley thing is we must rest easy knowing that he will face judgment for how he has shepherded his flock. He will. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls and those who will have to give an account. Let him do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. Here's the key. As those who will have to give an account. When he goes before God, when he dies, he is going to have to give an account for how he has shepherded his flock. Every pastor in these churches they will have to give an account for how they've shepherded their flock. So Andy Stanley will stand before God and have to try to make his case for why he is teaching people the heretical things that he's teaching them. So to conclude, as of right now, Andy Stanley is a heretic, 100%. But he doesn't have to stay that way. He can and should repent, and let's pray that he does so. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost at Undaunted Life. Our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So again, go to the Origin website, check out the greatest geese on the planet, jeans, boots, protein, energy drinks, all that stuff. Use the promo code Undaunted to get 10% off your order. And again, we've got the donation link there to go to undaunted.life backslash donate. We've got a link to the Stevenson Nye's website. But again, if you give $20, every $20 will put you in the raffle over the next three weeks to get the Florida Hunter Stevenson's Knives. Again, 50% of that money will go to support what we're doing here with Undaunted Life and the other 50% is going to go to save babies through the Hope Pregnancy Center here in Oklahoma City area in Edmond where I live and then everything else I've got in the show notes I'm not going to actually list them all but everything that I like signposted in the talk of like oh here's this link and I'll put that in the show notes all that will be right here so you can check all that out
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is our song Cutting the Tides, which is off their 10th anniversary re-recording of their album Leveler. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>